Welcome to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who have finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am Laura the Dead. And I'm KK, also the deceased. This is a bonus episode on the Distant Land special Together Again, brought by Hannah K. Nystrom, Anna Siverston, Iggy Craig, Maya Peterson, and Serena Wu. In this episode of Come Along With Me, the special might be a little grave, but it'll still lift your spirits. This podcast contains full spoilers for all of Adventure Time, including, obviously, this latest special. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. Decades ago, Jake died. Don't worry, though. Finn's dead now, too. Far from being depressed, our stalwart hero is excited to reunite with his beloved brother, However, a takeover by the cruel and edgy new death and the brothers' differing perspectives on eternity means that the afterlife might not be as simple as Finn expected. Here we are together again, Laura. Well, take it to Adventure Time. Never does the obvious, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, we all knew it was going to be about Jake's death. Like, we knew that. But they went, huh? It's also about Finn's death. Have fun. I I really liked this episode. Uh, I really liked it too. I have a few, I'm not even sure if issues is the right thing. General, maybe less positive things to say or just conflicting opinions. Um, but let's, before we get into the weeds, uh, let's just say hi to everyone. Uh, this is going to be a much looser kind of style than I think we usually do since we only just watched this episode and it's going to be kind of all over the place. Glob willing, if we get to this episode in five, six years, we'll do a more formal one. But for now, we're just kind of going to stream of consciousness, talk about the episode. Um, Literally just vibing. Literally yeah, just vibing. Just vibing. Um, then let's start with the obvious place of our favorite bits. Oh, man. I mean, I honestly, first of all, I really love Tiffany played such a big part. I think Tiffany gets I knew bad. you would. You like <laughs> Tiffany a lot. Uh, and then I also really loved how many things from season one came back. I feel like I was really primed to notice that because we just did season one on the podcast. So I was really pleased to see all those cameos. Absolutely. They really, it really feels down to the dialogue and the animation that they really like dug deep into the season one vibe. And I really appreciate that. Although, like, it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, you can really see how far the animation itself has come. Like, if you were to take that sequence in the ice cream cavern and put it next to any of the season one sequences, I think you would really see a difference. Yeah, and it was supposed to be sort of a throwback anyway, so it was, that comparison would be apt. Absolutely. And then, like, the dialogue, like that one bit, like, is it one? Nay! Is it two? I say nay! Like, <laughs> the dialogue was so on point. Uh, I actually wrote down all the, the things I noticed from season one. Uh, mm-hmm. Donnie. 
the cobbler from his hero, a mm. house person, uh, the evil gnomes from the Enchiridion, and a spiky person. I saw all of those in this episode. Very cool. Very cool. I think my favorite part is just the general getting to see all this cosmology of, I mean, not ooh, you know, the afterlife, I suppose. Uh-huh. I loved the glimpses we got of the 50 dead worlds. It's kind of sad that we didn't get to see more than, like, five of them. I loved getting to meet the goddess life. Oh, I'm such a sucker for that kind of weird existential world building. And uh, this was a treasure trove of that. Yeah, I mean, life is another highlight for me, too. She's so freaking cool. (laughs) She's so cool. Her voice is so soothing. She really does just give the vibe of being the mother of everything. I didn't think about this until the second time I watched through, but when old death uh, dies, he becomes this tree, and that's because mm. new death is also the son of life, which is cool. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to want to talk about that because, like, what do you think's going to... Like, you don't have, you know, a god or goddess figure turn into a tree without that tree being significant to the cosmology in some way. Like, what do you think that tree is going to be able to do in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Um, shall we try to go through the episode in roughly chronological order? <laughs> I mean, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. I know. But, uh, and I know we're ultimately going to fail, but we need a place to start. And the beginning is as good a place as any, huh? Okay, so it was really cool how they clued you in to the opening ice cream sequence being not real. Obviously, I think the most obvious part is when you see the snow creatures, and one of them is Uncle Gumbald, which you're like, Finn can't have two arms and know who Uncle Gumbald is. And the other guy, it took me a while to remember who he is, the vigilante dude, Peacemaster, from from the Candy Kingdom? Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. I also paid attention to some of the stuff that trigger us. I made a little list here. We have Finn crying, even though he thinks he should be happy, obviously, which gave me some real, real serious Steven Universe vibes from that episode. Me too. Steven Universe, kind of Studio Ghibli also. There was Studio Ghibli tears all over this episode, actually. Absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, they took a lot of, I found in their hugs as well, there was some real Ghibli energy in the hugging. They say thing, the three lines, we got time, Things take time, and you did it, Finn. Everyone's alive. Those three lines really stood out to me also in that opening sequence. That stood out to me. The one line where Jake says, I'm just slowing you down, absolutely reads as something that Jake probably said in one of their final adventures where he's like, I I can't keep doing this, right? This is a more subtle one that you wouldn't get without watching the episode, but the ice cream has 50 flavors, and Jake is in the 50th dead world. Yes, and the little uh, symbol behind it is those little star motes that they become when they achieve true peace. (laughs) We also have Finn being like, Ice King, you can redeem yourself now, which I think is a nod to Finn subconsciously knowing that Ice King can be redeemed in some way. Mm -hmm. Obviously the sequence isn't canon, it's all an elaborate dream sequence, but this is coming from Finn's subconscious, so did LSP and Turtle Princess date at some point? Maybe. Because Turtle Princess is definitely bisexual, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just saying she was super into LSP in this episode, which, ooh, you can definitely get somebody better, girl, but okay. <laughs> I mean, like Simon, right? Yeah, well, not Simon. Uh, Ice Thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
<laughs> that would be a wild ending to the show. Simon got together with Turtle Princess. <laughs> oh, sorry, Betty. They also fist bump at one point, and obviously Finn's metal hand comes through. That's right. That's right. And this one was some was subtle, and maybe I'm just projecting, but I thought the use of the symbol of those giant worms was really interesting and possibly symbolic. Oh, yeah, because they're like the brain controlling worms. Yeah, we have the King Worm episode where the the worms control dreams and would like put you into, you know, a lotus eater machine like this. But also in the episode Food Chain, they were really central to that idea of life being a cycle, right? Yes, yes. With the bird and the... Mm, that's a good one, Laura. I, know, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, so I, I think that might have been deliberate knowing the, the writers of, of the show. So Finn dies. I actually really appreciated that they didn't show or tell us how Jake and Finn died. I think that's a good... It's, it's good for the peace of mind as well as, like you know, future adventures. Agreed. So, I mean, I think we can imply that Jake was probably just old age, uh, but I do like we don't know about Finn. Yeah, because he was on an adventure, it seems like, when... That or, I mean, I can imagine Finn is also just really used to waking up in random places on an adventuring and not necessarily remembering how that happened. <laughs> I will say... I see those people on social media saying that Finn committed suicide, and I don't like it. No, I don't agree. I think that would really undermine the whole episode because. Agreed, yeah. Like, I, okay, I honestly, the first five minutes after I watched this episode, I was bummed because I was like, mm-hmm. Finn waited around for Jake his whole adult life, and he was, you know, sad about Jake his whole, like, life. He wanted to be with Jake. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because they're soulmates. But Finn didn't let Jake's death, you know, crush him. He still lived a long, full life, and he Mm. was an adventurer to the end. And so I think that would undermine that whole thing of, like, Finn continuing on even though he's missing his soulmate. Yeah, I mean, so I also feel pretty conflicted about the fact that Finn apparently spent his entire life, like you said, extremely bummed. And I'm, I keep oscillating between being like, that seems really unfair for him. Like, I, I want to know that he had, like, a good full life. And then thinking, well, what we did see of him in Obsidian suggests that he did, but you can still have a full life and miss somebody. And then also being like, and this also makes sense if you want to, like, have a multi-life character arc with Shermie, which makes sense. I paid attention to all the dead people in that nest in the dream. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't have time to write it down, but it was like, I, know, I saw the snail. I saw lemon grab. Who else? Root beer guy. Who might be going by dirt beer guy. Maybe not he's skeleton beer guy. Uh, <laughs> we had lemon grab, like he said. Uh, I think it was bandit princess in the background. Oh, really? Yeah, it was hard to tell. Uh, she's the one I know the least. And Mr. Pig. Oh, Mr. Pig. Well, and we already know Mr. Pig dies. He shows up in Tree Trunks' is heaven. That's true. <laughs> this place look like looks like Grandma's house. It was Grandma's calendar, which Grandma's was... calendar. I really liked when Finn is flipping through his forms, and then he settles on, you know, come along with me, Finn, and he's like, yeah, it's recognizable. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> meta joke. <laughs> I know, because you could definitely... Well, part of me wishes it was a couple years older, just because I want to see more of that. A, I recognize wanting to do that from you know, a marketing 
perspective, and B, it does kind of fit into the theme of, you know, Finn wanting to return to that time where he was with Jake. Yeah. That part where, in the dream, uh, where Finn starts sobbing about how this can't be happening really got to me. <laughs> this can't be happening again, specifically. Again. Uh, yeah. Oh, that hurt. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, just thinking about how Finn must have reacted to Jake's death. Again, he seems in Obsidian, he seems to be at peace, but who knows how long he spent actively and heartbreakingly mourning Jake. Yeah, I'm sure it was a rough time. And I'm kind of glad we don't have to see it. Yeah, and I don't I don't have to see that, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I think this episode was a way better way to deal with them being separated than actually having Jake's death on screen. Agreed, agreed. All right, I, I've got a bit of a question for you. Mm-hmm. More universe-wide question. What do you think the function slash purpose of those memory-sucking brain spiders is? I was also thinking about that. Maybe a little bit of, maybe to transition you into into uh, death, so in a pleasant way. I was wondering, so I, I wrote down a couple ones. One was like, yeah, like you just died, which is presumably pretty traumatic. So it might be a way to be like, here, here's some happy memories. Chill out, right? Mm-hmm. I was wondering if, because obviously the, the dream started extremely happy and then obviously got really grim at the end. And you could interpret that as Finn subconsciously fighting. I think he's probably used to this kind of mind manipulation in various forms. But what if that was deliberate? What if the idea is it starts really happy and then it forces you to confront death so that you're like at peace with being dead? Interesting. I like that. And then the last one, and this is definitely something else I think we're going to get into because this special as a whole seemed to be a commentary on a whole bunch of different afterlife systems. What if it was trying to, like, remove your mortal memories a la, like, you know, the Greek underworld, the river Leth type thing? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer. The only other comment is I like the word mind bobas. <laughs> I like that Finn was literally being a hero even from beyond the grave. Oh, that's right. He's, I mean, that's his soul, right? He's a mm-hmm. hero to the bone. He is. Going back to the discussions about how Finn appears, first thing, does old Finn's metal arm look way lower tech? Yeah, I was thinking that. It just has like a clamp instead of the rotating uh, fingers. Yeah, and it looked like it was almost strapped on in a very kind of steampunky way. It also looked like he, because like, even as as of Obsidian, it kind of is right above the elbow, and it looked like he lost his whole arm with this new control. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which, you know, I think we're going to get into a question of what happened to Bonnabelle Bubblegum (laughs) later in the episode, but I think this is a piece of evidence that She's not dead, but she maybe isn't around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Shoko! Shoko! I'm glad uh, she got a couple of, of, of appearances in this episode. She did. I love Shoko. I'm always a little sad we didn't get to see more of her. But I love that this episode really did, you know, hammer home that Finn is Shoko and Shoko is Finn. And because it's Adventure Time, he has no, like, issues with being a, a girl. Of course not. Like, why Why would you have issues with being a person you are? Right? Right. 
Oh, by the way, listener, if you don't remember, Shoko was uh, the black-haired girl in Finn's past life with the tiger. Um, the one was... who was dating Princess Bubblegum. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, I love her. You know, and I guess, the, you know, with reincarnation being such a big theme, I do like that, like, clearly Shoko's life sucked majorly. <laughs> and I'm glad that she got to have other lives that don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it too right is like the the uh, presumably you move up in the dead worlds as you're reincarnated until you make it to the 50th presumably like we know that the first is to quote choose goose the worst poor choose uh, goose <laughs> yeah how can he literally end up in hell <laughs> like what is was he doing worse things than selling illegal moisturizer <laughs> And then, yeah, we know the 50 is the best. I'm not sure if we can rank the other. Certainly not in any human capacity. I have no idea how you're going to rank worlds like the music dimension and the Vor universe. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that one. And I mean, like, uh, Margaret says, this place is the berries. So she really likes her dead world, even though it's not uh, the 50th. Yeah, so my thought, here, here's sort of my, my, my thought. I feel like the show was giving, you know, in its very Adventure Time way, an analysis of all these different kinds of deaths that people have conceptualized over, you know, the millennia. Mm-hmm. We have... Uh, the first one, which I think seemed to be taking a lot of inspiration from elements of Greek mythology and Dante's Inferno with, like, the circles and Death at the Middle. Very, you know, a very light interpretation, obviously. There's amnesia. A lot of different religions and mythologies take the stance that maybe you forget your mortal life when you die, one way or another. There's also the issue of heaven and hell. I thought it was really interesting, though, that while there only seemed to be one hell that we saw, that weird misery pit pit place, Mm -hmm. uh, there seemed to be many different heavens. Like, Tree Trunks' heaven is getting to hang out with all her lovers for eternity. Uh, Some people seem to go to, like, the pizza dimension, which, yeah, sign me up. I don't even know how to describe whatever Margaret and uh, Joshua are doing in that really trippy heaven, but... They seem to be having fun. Um, <laughs> then there's reincarnation. Pretty straightforward. Maybe you get a new life. And then there's Nirvana, which is maybe one of the most cynical takes on Nirvana I've ever really seen depicted. Yeah, I know. It's because it's kind of, it's not all positive, is it? No, I think, is it Mr. Fox who at one point refers to it as the elitist fields? <laughs> oh, like Elysium. That's cute. Like Elysium, yeah. And like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, the people in the in Nirvana are very content, mm-hmm. but uh, for example, Jake has to stand up for justice by kind of leaving the Nirvana behind. If yeah. you're in the state of no desire, that includes no desire to do good. Yeah. So I have mixed feelings. And I want to say this at the top, I am by no means a philosophy expert and certainly not on a lot of these Eastern philosophies. Most of my education was more on the Western stuff. But 
I don't think that actually is the definition of nirvana as most Buddhists and or Hindus would conceive of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked up Wikipedia, so obviously this is going to be a pretty shallow analysis, and I'm sure there's way more to it. But to quote Wikipedia, in the Buddhist tradition, nirvana has commonly been interpreted as the extinction of the three fires or three poisons, greed, aversion, and ignorance. And I would say that if you're going by that definition, Jake is still extremely greedy, ignorant, and aversion, averting. He's avoiding a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. And yes. And I'm also curious how he changed as a person between come along with me and his death, because he was only sent to the 37th dead world in Sons of Mars. Well, my interpretation is, well, Jake has always been very chill to the point of that being his major character flaw. Like, he doesn't really care much about what's happening. And his main desires were always very physical things, right? Food. Food, sleep, getting to play music, being with Lady Rainicorn. So I can very much see that once he was cut away from being physically alive, at which point... I mean, presumably you can still indulge in things like eating and sleeping, but it doesn't have the same physical necessity, right? Yeah. So maybe once he was literally cut free from those physical desires, it was very easy for him to not need or want anything. That's an interesting take. I, you know, maybe a little bit unfortunate just because it's, it is taking something from the Eastern tradition and sort of warping it. But aside from that, it is an interesting take on self-actualization yeah uh like i said it's a mix of i'm not sure if this was a particular a particularly as thoughtful of a take on this particular tradition as it could be at the same time i mean this is a lot of my own issues i've often had with the concept of like detaching yourself from caring about things uh because i if you were to ask me i do think that it's important to care about things around you and to, you know, to be motivated in that way. So, I don't know. It's definitely kind of... I'm weighing it either side. And I can't really come down whether I like it or dislike it or not. Yeah, because, I mean, when Finn is like, what do you mean you could have contacted me? And Jake was mm-hmm. like, meh. Like... <laughs> yeah, it, it really does seem like, instead of saying Nirvana was this great thing where you finally achieved true peace, it's like, no, you're being a jerk. You stopped caring about people. You stopped looking out for other people and that bit where Finn is sobbing about how much he missed him and how much he wants Jake back in his existence. And Jake's just like, yeah, you seem cool. Bye. Like that really sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Back on track. Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. Our unbreakable chains of mutual hatred and respect. (laughs) Okay, this has always been an undercurrent, but this was weirdly homoerotic. Was it, it was. just me? Nope, nope, you're not wrong. It was homoerotic for sure. <laughs> He's like and stroking I- Finn's face. <laughs> and then like, so one thing I really liked was the expressions in this episode can be so wild because they were literally detached from as anything resembling actual physics because, you know, they're in the afterlife. Um, and when Finn's 
first sees Tiffany, like all his face splits into like five and you see all these different conflicting emotions at once. That was very cool. And there was like joy, fear, anger, and what definitely looked like blushing. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, this was an intense, intense, to the point where I felt kind of bad for Finn repeatedly betraying Tiffany. And you understand why I have to do this. <laughs> he did that like three separate times, though. I know, I know. <laughs> Is it weird, then, that he ends up adopted by Joshua and Margaret? Oh, I, I guess so. But then again, like, Finn isn't going to be Finn anymore soon, so maybe it's a moot point. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It was really cool to see Joshua and Margaret, and I'm kind of like, they did Jermaine dirty, but that was the joke. I know! I know it was the joke, but I also feel the same. Like, it really wouldn't, like, you have Finn sobbing about how desperately he wants to be Jake and doesn't even say hi to his other brother. <laughs> like, I sure hope the afterlife has some therapy, because that's got to sting, right? Yeah, for sure. When you get to New Death, he is muttering to his hand and he kisses it. Right, which yep. the first time I watched, I took that as interpretation of him being, like, just extremely, you know, self-worshipping. Yeah, yeah. self-obsessed. Self but no, it is definitely early foreshadowing that he's been possessed by the Lich. Which was cool, man. The Lich. I'm always, I'm always down for more Lich content. I am always down for more Lich. And I really like that this is taking it to the next level because... I had wondered occasionally, like, what's the Lich's endgame? Like, yes, he keeps killing everything, but, you know, with the themes being that life keeps coming back, it seemed kind of fruitless. And then, of course, in this episode, we, we learn reincarnation is the thing. We, I mean, we already knew that, but, like, what's the point? And then we see Death taking it to the, or the Lich taking it to the natural next conclusion, making the afterlife for all existing souls awful and refusing to allow reincarnation in the cycle of life to continue. Yeah, that was, I think that was a really, it's a really clever way for the Lich to achieve his goals. Agreed. Agreed. I will say this, stop throwing the Lich's hand into dimensional voids. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's not, it can't be the end of the Lich. You just threw no. him away. You just threw if they ever want to come back to the Adventure Time universe, guess what? You threw the Lich's hand away. You could just write him back in. You have to actually destroy it, guys. I also like how serious it is when you confront the Lich, but he was talking out of his hand like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dichotomy of Adventure Time for you, though. Yeah, of course. The little, the, the note that they used to to stop new death was given to them by margaret which was really cute that and she's was like really cute handing him like dynamite and and clubs and stuff and then she gives him the, the stack of notes i love that bit like i made treats <gasps> fin cakes no weapons <laughs> that's their character in a nutshell really uh i have a couple other notes about the afterlife system in this world yeah uh, so first, Mr. Fox says that where you get placed in the afterlife is based on spiritual styling and past life quotient, and then he gets cut off, and I really wish we could have heard more of that. <sighs> also, apparently, both mites in tugboats have souls. Apparently, yeah. 
because Booba Fina gets reincarnated as a tugboat, right? <laughs> and I love how Mr. Fox says it in the way that you're talking about it next. Like, yeah, they're they're working at NASA now. Good for them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love the angel designs. They're not angels. I think they're called undertakers. Undertakers, but yeah. But they're angels and they're sick. Yeah, uh, with the, like, shape-shifting wings is very cool. The shape-shifting wings and the skull masks, uh, they're very edgy, but in a good way. Well, that was, like, that was, like, the whole new death aesthetic where it's, like, oh, I hate it, but I love it so much. Like, it was really cool, but it's stupid and makes <laughs> makes me think of a certain type of dude, bro. And Absolutely. They caught that uh, perfectly. And I really do like how well... New Death bridges those design aesthetics from both death and life. Yeah, it was cool. Also, can I say, I know that New Death is the villain of this, and I guess it's arguable how much we ever got to see who he's really like since he was possessed for, possessed by the Lich for the entire thing. But I feel kind of sorry for the guy. I know, me too. Like, yeah, he, he was the son of life and death. That does have to be kind of a weird... You know, that's the type of thing which in a classic mythology means you're going to be, have some sort of big destiny in hand. And the Lich gets, says something about him like this useless creature or something like that. Fit only to be my pawn, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That made me depressed. Like, Death clearly cares deeply about him. Like, we actually know that Death is into rock music and stuff. So you'd think that would be something that they could bond over, but... His kids seem so disinterested in sharing anything, uh, but Death still clearly loved him and went in for a hug, and and then New Death got possessed to literally kill him. It does seem, it, it read to me like um, a destiny thing, like, oh, you're always going to kill your father and take over as Death. Like, that's how it read to me. I could definitely see that. That does seem like it would be very, like, and it would make sense for death to be accepting of his fate, right? Yes, very. But then, like, the very last moment when, you know, life's kiss comes at him with that, with the Cadeus stick, and he's just like, Mom? And he sounds, like, so wistful and, and sorry. Ugh. I don't know. I feel weirdly conflicted about new death. I just want to say at one point, while Mr. Fox is running away, he shouts, Quick, Brown Fox! Yeah. <laughs> in the 45th, you know, Death World, uh, we see, like, this starry blue Escher-esque owl. Do you think that's, like, the Cosmic Owl's brother or something? Yeah, it did look like the Cosmic Owl. So maybe. Maybe it's the Death Owl. Yeah. Whatever the opposite of Cosmic is, which in this universe could be, like, butterscotch. <laughs> Peppermint um, butler. Oh, Yeah. Let's call PB. Princess, princess, princess. And then they really did the bait and switch with us. Because, of course, PB also stands for pet butt. And, I mean, Jake and Finn were not surprised that they when they not. called princess, it was pet butt, which means he's been princess for a while. He's been princess for a while. So, here's a few things that we can pick up from this. One, Peppermint Butler apparently gets his groove back, which, I mean, isn't that surprising? There's no, another... and I mean, I really hope we see what happens in that regard in uh, in the next Distant Land special. Wizard City. Yeah. Wizard City. 
next, I feel like they were trying to keep it ambiguous and imply that Princess Bubblegum is dead with that statue. Yes. I don't think she is, because A, we didn't see her anywhere in the dead worlds, and B, that just doesn't seem likely. They want to keep things open for telling other stories, and having Princess Bubblegum still be around a thousand years in the future is the obvious thing to do, right? Well, and in Grable's 5000, we see the, like, new Bubblegum Guardians keeping everyone safe uh, in their little capsules, all the candy people. And, like, I, that either could have been Bubblegum directly, although I think considering her character development, it's more, it seems more to me like a Bubblegum experiment gone wrong. My theory about, so here, I'll lay out my entire theory now, which is undoubtedly going to prove to be wrong whenever we get the information to do so. In the nearest future, by which I mean over the course of Finn and presumably also Jake's lifetime, Princess Bubblegum decided to abscond from the throne, keeping with her character development, maybe to spend more time with Marceline, maybe to do her own thing, maybe to be like, the Candy Kingdom is its own thing. I don't have any right to rule it. One or the other. And Peppermint Butler took up the mantle. Maybe she even faked her death and they have been pretending that she's dead for the sake of her people for some reason. Sure. And they went and PB went off to go and do adventures, presumably with Marceline and Simon and whatever. And then we skip to the future. The dog empire, the pup empire, uh, ever expanding. And we get to a war between the pups and the Candy Kingdom. Something which forces all of Princess Bubblegum's worst old habits back to the for- f- to the forefront. So she comes back, she builds those guardians, she builds the, you know, the Candy Guardian, Bubblegum Guardian, whatever you want to call it. And she presumably has a phase two plan to fix things. Uh, but I think she gets kidnapped and she's the pink figure that we see locked in the Ice Things dungeon before she gets to execute on it. Hmm. That's a good theory. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if you were right. Yeah, but it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. We kind of skipped over this, but I just want to mention, because it's very important, that uh, Jake's butt is stuck in the hole to the 50th dead world, and it's very funny. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tiffany calling Joshua Hat Jake was very funny. <laughs> Hat Jake, Lady Jake, and I couldn't catch what he called Jermaine. <laughs> Was it just other Jake? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jermaine. I hope I hope you don't have any notes. I've already started the shading. Was a good line. Uh, Jermaine's vo- uh, voice acting always calms me down. It's so soothing. Well, it's Greg Universe, baby. I know, I know. So Peppa's castle is filled with evil magic-y stuff. And it's really cool. And my favorite was he has a list on the wall that says milk, eggs, sugar, blood. <laughs> Maybe he's making a blood pudding. <laughs> uh, Just saying. What, what do you think he's going to use Finn's bones for? Bone spell. <laughs> Bone spell. <laughs> I love that. I mean, this episode Let's... made me laugh out loud quite a few times. It was, it was very clever. So... Peppermint Butler sends the ghosts of Finn and Jake to life's domain. He's like, it'll work for as long as the candle burns. And Finn being like, that candle's already almost out. He's like, exactly. And that's a metaphor for life, baby. (laughs) Nice. (sighs) I love 
everything about life's realm. Me too. I love that it's in the ocean with all this emphasis on fish and like ancient prehistoric life. I love the how her source of power is a volcano, hearkening to like how geothermic vents and volcanoes are probably where the first life was fostered. I love that she looks like two snakes, which are usually associated with like evil in Western culture, but instead here, you know, representing literally creation. And I love how she looks like a heart. I don't know. She just, she's so soothing when she's like, I know you're there, Finn and Jake. And she really does just sound like a mom who knows that her two kids are like sneaking into the kitchen to get some cookies, you know? Yeah. Apparently she did show up in like a previous Adventure Time short, which I never even heard of. Uh, but maybe we should track this down at some point. I just want to say I really like the wordplay in that sounds sorted. We sort don't have a choice. <laughs> Uh, that shapeshifter battle between Finn and Jake. Oh, that end. was so cool. So cool. Uh, like, I'm always a sucker for, like, two people who love each other fighting each other to, like, I'll do the bad thing. No, I'll do the bad thing. But, yeah, like, them just effortly weaze- weaving between all these different forms, including some extremely deep cuts, like... Lumpy Finn? <laughs> yeah, like, Lumpy Finn was amazing. And then when they're fighting New Death, they at one point they turn into Jake's the Jake suit, which made me really happy. That made me really happy. And then, okay, this is why I really like the ending where Mr. Fox now becomes New New Death, who I shall from henceforth call Mr. Death. <laughs> because, like, he comes in and the first thing he does, like, we know that he was invested in helping Finn. We know that he clearly cared about the afterlife because he signed up to be an afterlife guide. And then when he finds Finn and Jake, listen, the state of the universe is in a pretty bleak spot and he knows it. But his first thought is like, what are you two doing? You love each other. Stop fighting. Like, you know, he genuinely cares about his charges, which is why I think it makes it's so good that he's going to be Mr. Death. I agree. Yeah, I think that was a really, really good way to conclude that particular problem. Yeah, although I sure didn't think that our pressed fox was going to end up being God. <laughs> Just like the fight, it was really cool to see the lich kind of go through all his forms. And I think that mirrors the fact that we saw Finn and Jake in all their forms as well. Yeah. I I also think there's a couple of uh, indicators where, like, of course, Finn still kind of thinks of himself as an old guy, even though we're seeing him as his younger self. He, in his head, is old. Yeah, he's like, I'm just another old guy who's easily fooled. Another easy-to-scam old guy. (laughs) He also (laughs) called himself as being played like a didgeridoo, which is a weird (laughs) metaphor, because didgeridoos are very difficult to play. He also says that old man Finn was a bunny slayer or something like that, which is like, that's curious. I'm interested to see how he changed as an older man. I can't tell to what extent it was like he did get have to get much darker for some reason to what extent he was just trying to be like, you don't know me. (laughs) Guys, I could go either way. Okay, so that ending, though, oof, I had... 
I said this at the beginning of the episode where I had a delayed reaction where I bragged. I was like, I didn't even cry at this episode. <laughs> I, I woke up because you're three hours ahead of me and I had three TikToks and it was hard for, or not. Uh, I woke up and I had three video messages from you <laughs> and I watched all of them all at once. It was like the first one was like, I didn't cry at all. The next one was like, it's starting to hit me. <laughs> it's just you ugly bawling into the camera. <laughs> I cried just as hard the second time I watched it, too. I didn't cry that much, actually. I got a little teary-eyed the first time. Um, which is weird, because I do tend to cry quite strongly in, in TV shows and books and stuff, but I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm upset, but in a good way. Yeah, yes. And, I mean, Jake deciding to go back with Finn was just... Oh, I really loved that. And I think, you know, we see life saying these souls are a package deal. So, so cute. Yeah. So I think that was our little clue that like that's what was going to happen at the end. Now, do you think they're going to be reincarnated as Shermie and Beth? Or do you think they're they're doing something in between first? So I have a lot of thoughts. The first one was I was a little disappointed that we saw that Finn's past lives were only the ones we'd see in the slime, the butterfly, the comet, and Shoko. I'd mm-hmm. kind of hope that maybe there was a couple others in there, uh, which turns out it wasn't, but that's fine, whatever. So I like the idea that they didn't jump immediately to Shermie and Beth. And honestly, I could even see them going for the, everybody assumes they're going to be Shermie and Beth, but they're not. That would be a very Adventure Time thing to do. But at the same time, based on what little we see of Shermie and Beth, Shermie being extremely excited to explore life and everything it offers while Beth being extremely zen and chill would make a lot of sense. But I would like them to be something else in the meantime. I'm not really sure what, but I just like the idea that there's more that we don't get to see. Yeah, it's lovely. This was a really lovely second finale to me also. Like a really This does feel like a really lovely second finale. Agreed. You know who I think is going to be annoyed, though? Who? There's people who are so mad that Finn didn't get a love interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, it, listen, Finn maybe, maybe Dan, I think it's likely, had other romantic relationships in his life. But clearly he didn't care enough about any of them to track them down in the afterlife. <laughs> no. Just Jake. <laughs> just Jake. Thank you for joining KK and Laura the humans on Come Along With Me. You can email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three, and Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, and Facebook at Adventure Time Pod. If you enjoyed this episode and this is your first episode, we actually just wrapped up season one. We did a post-season one wrap-up episode. That would actually be a really good place to jump in. And of course, uh, later this week we'll be releasing It Came From the Nightosphere. So we'd love for you to join us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and AdventureTimePod.com. Now come on. Grab your friends. And go to very distant lands. <laughs> <laughs>